Thanks for joining us. I hope today's message builds your faith and inspires you to change the way you think. Pastor Duane is continuing in the series, The Journey of the Follower, with today's message, Denying Yourself. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his followers, If anyone wants to follow me, he must say no to the things he wants. This is what it means to deny yourself, laying down your own wants and your own desires and putting God first. When you put aside yourself, God will show you the paths which he prepared ahead of time for you. Let's take a look. I want to talk to you about being disciples of Jesus. And in Matthew 28, when Jesus arose from the dead, he's with his disciples. He says, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. He says, go therefore and make disciples. Now, notice what he said. He said, make disciples. You see, when, when you surrender your life to Jesus, we could say you become a Christian. But from there, there is a process that you need to go through to become a disciple. And what Jesus is after is he's after disciples. That's what he's after. He said, go and make disciples. Now, you ladies know this, that when, if, if you want a cake and you're going to make a cake, it is a process, right? There are a bunch of ingredients you need to put together, right? Then finally you put it in the oven, and then when it comes out, the best part, you know, honestly, I'm going to confess something. I do not like cake. I like frosting. <laughs> and, and Jeannie will testify to this. When she makes a cake, I say, honey, make about that much cake and that much frosting. Right? With a big glass of cold white milk. Right? But how many know the cake is a process? Right? And for a person to be a disciple is not something that instantaneously happens. Right? It is a process to become a disciple. In fact, Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And we are in this, this society today, this culture, which is infatuated with self. We have a magazine called Self. Everybody's taking selfies and putting them up all the time. But Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and I love one, one of the Gospels says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Listen, it is easier to trust Jesus with your eternity than to give him your life every day. Say that again. It's easier to give Jesus your eternity than to give him your life every day. But what Jesus is after is not just your eternity. He's after your life every day. He says you deny yourself, you take up your cross. Now to us, a cross is, is a nice piece of jewelry. In fact, we were uh, in Jerusalem, right near the, the, the Temple Mount, and there was a man selling some, some jewelry, and I got for one of my granddaughters, I got her a, a Jerusalem cross, a silver Jerusalem cross on a silver chain. And I gave it to her, and I, don't, I do know, she's in church right now, and I guarantee you she's got it on. All right? And she's proud and showing everybody, this is my cross. Papa got me this. And I'm like, that's right. right? 
But the cross was a means of execution. The most gruesome, terrible execution that has ever been invented. It would be more like Jesus saying, take up your electric chair. He's saying, he's saying, you're going to lose your life. In fact, Jesus said, to find your life, you need to lose your life. In Luke's gospel, the 14th chapter said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sister, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. For whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, when it's saying here hate, it's talking about a comparison. It's not saying that you despise somebody or you mistreat somebody. But what it's saying is this, that your love for Jesus has to greatly exceed the love that you have for anyone or any other thing. Anyone, anything that you put, if you love more than Jesus, if there is such a thing, Jesus said, you cannot be a disciple. You cannot. Not give it a try. He said, if you love anybody or anything more than me, he said, you cannot be my disciple. And, and of course, we're living in a society today, in, in Western culture, particularly in Western Christianity, where, where most people who call themselves Christians, I would consider to be nothing but people following a consumer Christianity. It's just about me. Now, Jesus said to deny you, but it's about me. How can you bless me? How can you serve me? What can you do for me, 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 me? I didn't like that, and I don't like this, and if you don't say what I like, I'm leaving. Well, don't let the door hit your hind end on the way out. That's what Jesus would tell you, by the way. <laughs> Isn't it? He said you need, you need to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. But most people who say, I'm a Christian, they just, they're, they're, they're consumers. What can I get out of it? What's in it for me? Bless me, serve me, help me. And I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I don't like the next thing. You know? Well, Jesus said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Right? So when Jesus says hate here, he's talking at a, about a comparison. He said, I need to be so far above every other love and loyalty that you have, all right? And you say, yeah, but I got a tattoo of the cross, and I've got some jewelry and a bumper sticker and a T-shirt and a big Bible, you know? Well, you can have all that and be a consumer, all right? Jesus is not after a few of your hours, a few of your dollars, or a few of your prayers, Listen, Jesus doesn't want to have your stuff. Jesus wants you, 100% of you in me. The Bible says you were bought with a price, that Jesus bought you back from the grip of the power of darkness with his blood, and you belong to him. Spirit, soul, body, time, present, past, future, reputation, talents, skills, abilities, family, friends, money, whatever you've got, 
It belongs to him. Now listen, until you get to that place, Jesus says you're not a disciple. And until you get to that place, Jesus said it's when you lose your life like that that you will find your life. You'll, when you lose it, you will find it. So Philippians 2 verse 13 says that God himself is at work in you, inspiring you to want what pleases him. In other words, he puts desires inside you when you get to that point and to work for them. Uh, years ago, 35 years ago, Jeannie and I were living in Mexico. In fact, we were there for seven years. We... Uh, Lived five years in Guadalajara, Mexico, a couple years in an Indian center, kind of an Indian village. And we were missionaries, and we loved being missionaries. In fact, uh, I, I would preach sometimes in the States, and, and this is what I would think. I would think those poor pastors, they have to preach to the same bunch of people every week. You know, and if more of them were really committed to God, They'd be out on the mission field with us. They'd be on the front lines. We are God's green beret. We are God's Navy SEALs. We're the missionaries. We're out there. And we loved, 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 loved what we were doing. And I can honestly tell you that in my mind, failure was to be a pastor in America. That is how I would define failure. So... We're in St. Louis, Missouri, at a missions conference at Grace World Outreach Center. And some of you remember Ron, uh, uh, Joe Tucker. Uh, Joe was the youth pastor at that church. That's where we first met. And I'm, it was at 2.30 in the afternoon, and Marilyn Hickey was preaching. That's why we have her so often. Because uh, when she was, she was speaking, that's when God spoke to me. And I was sitting in the back all by myself, taking notes, listening to Marilyn preach. And, and I like to say it like this. I had a visitation from the Lord. Now, I'm just sitting there, and the last thing on my mind, the farthest thing from my heart, would be to leave Mexico and come to Michigan and pastor a church. This is the farthest thing from my mind. How many remember when you used to go to a, a, a soda pot machine, Coke machine, and you put in 50 cents and get a Coke? Okay. You're old people. <laughs> inflation, inflation. All right. But you, you would put that quarter in, and it would kind of go cling, 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 dung, just kind of hit the bottom. I'm sitting there, and it was like Jesus came by, and, and he just opened me up and put something on the inside and in 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 three seconds everything in my heart changed and in three seconds i knew i was supposed to leave mexico come back to grand rapids pastor a church and do four things in three seconds and in three seconds i have got this burning desire to do it i mean a burning desire now Two minutes beforehand, you could have come 
I don't have a Bible up here, but I put my hand on a Bible. And you could have said, we will give you $10 million to move to Grand Rapids, Michigan and pastor a church, and I'd have laughed at you. I would have laughed because I was doing what I wanted to do. I was, I was doing what I felt God wanted me to do, and we were happy, 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 happy. <laughs> happy. You understand? Happy. All right? But instantly, instantly, everything changed. Instantly, God himself is at work in you, inspiring you to want what pleases him. And when you lose your life, you will find your life. In fact, Jesus said, you leave your low life and you will find the high life. But it doesn't happen until you are totally committed to what he has for you. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, it says, don't let your enthusiasm wane. So I want to ask you a question. If you look, don't let your enthusiasm wane. As you look at your Christian life, was there a point in your life where you were more excited about serving God and about your relationship with God? Is there a point where you were more excited than you are today? Or are you as excited or more excited today than you have ever been? What's the question? You don't need to answer out loud. Right? But it says, don't let it wane. Because if you don't do certain things, your enthusiasm will wane. And you'll go from a every weaker to a every other weaker. And before you know it, you'll be a creaster. You say, what's that? That's somebody who shows up on Christmas and Easter. We call them creasters. But why? Because your enthusiasm wanes. Be spiritually alive, binding yourself to the Lord in service. Binding yourself to the Lord in service. In other words, If all you do is you just sit back and consume and consume and consume and bless me and give me and help me and I want and I need and I like, your enthusiasm is going to wane. You've got to be doing something in the kingdom of God. I think it's interesting that when Peter preached the first sermon in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2, they came and said, what must we do? do what must we do you see faith is an act faith is an act and and God's called us not to be consumers but to be participants and we need to be we need to find some place where we are involved where we're giving where we're serving Jesus said he didn't come to be served but to serve See, and disciples are not consumers who are there to be served, but they are there to serve. They're there to serve. Uh, Last week, Sunday night, Ross Shear spoke down over in the ground floor, and he talked about the Dead Sea. And he made several several, uh, observations. Uh, First of all, you probably didn't know this. It's the lowest place on planet Earth, over 1,200 feet below sea level. It's... Ten times as salty, or ten times the minerals that you find in any ocean. 
Which is why so many people drowned in the Dead Sea. Because if you get upside down, you can't right yourself. And you can't sink. So you've always seen pictures of people that are laying there reading a paper. And you're just laying, right? But here's the thing about the Dead Sea that makes it dead. Is there something flowing into it? The Jordan River. And there's nothing flowing out. Nothing flowing out. Now the Sea of Galilee has the same Jordan River flowing into it. It flows in on one end, on the north end, flows out on the south end, and it is full of life, full of fish. The Dead Sea is dead because there is not any living creature in it. And why? Because it's receiving, but nothing's going out. Nothing's going out. See, and we, we need to receive, but we can't just be receivers. We've got to be giving, which that's the introduction to my message. Now, we're going to have a long introduction today. All right. All right. Here's my point today. Disciples have an extraordinary love for people. Red people, yellow people, black people, white people, polka-dotted people. Disciples love people. I remember listening years ago to Norval Hayes preach, and he made this statement. He said, if you want to work for God, you have to love all people. Because God loves all people. Jesus said, what would it profit a man or a woman if you gained the whole world, but you lost your soul? What would the benefit be? There'd be none. Because your eternal soul is worth more than the whole world. You say, well, well, that can't be right. Now, this world is going to pass away. It will pass, and it's not going to pass away in a nuclear holocaust. The Bible tells us exactly what's going to happen. That when, after Jesus comes back, he's going to rule and reign in Jerusalem. And then this earth, well, the Bible says that the atmosphere will explode in fervent heat and every element will melt. And then God creates a new atmosphere and a new earth. So that, listen, this planet, as you see it and you know it, it is temporary. But every person will live someplace forever. And forever is always more valuable than temporary. Jesus said it would profit you nothing if you gained the whole world, but you lost your soul. Now, in John's gospel, chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Listen, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and and truth. Now, those have to be balanced, and so often they're not balanced. I, I've heard people literally screaming at somebody and saying, turn or burn, you wicked person, you are going to hell. True. <laughs> truth. <laughs> no grace. No grace. But grace would take the truth 
and say, God loves you, and God's reaching out to you. Please come and accept God's forgiveness and be reconciled to God. Jesus was full of grace and truth, both of them. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, all these new things are from God who brought us back to himself through what Christ Jesus did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting or holding men's sins against them, but blotting them out. So the worst sinner you know, God's not mad at them. God's not holding their sins against them because Jesus paid for their sin. But what they need to do is come and be reconciled to God and receive the forgiveness that God has for them. God's not holding their sins against them, but he's blotting them out. Listen, this is the wonderful message he's given us to tell others. So what has he done with the message? He's given it to us to do what with? Enjoy? Tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. We beg you. If, if that's not underlined in your Bible, that ought to be underlined. We what to you? We beg you. As though Christ himself were here pleading with you. In other words, if Jesus was physically here, Jesus would plead with every person to be reconciled, to receive forgiveness. How many of you know that's not mad? <laughs> the, the, years ago, there was this lady who came to church, and she, would, she had babysat her grandson. And uh, they were watching Christian television. Right? And her grandson was, she told me, she said, he's bouncing on the bed. Just bouncing and watching Christian television. They're, they're watching this particular program on Christian television. And she said to her grandson, she says, well, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he's bouncing. He says, I want to be a mad preacher. <laughs> a mad preacher. Because this guy on television, he's screaming at everybody, telling them they're going to hell. All right? How many of you know if you have good news, you should not talk good news mad. You ought to be glad. We ought to have glad preachers, not mad preachers. Right? I know some people, they feel like they went to church only when they get beat up, but that's not right. right? Because we've got good news, and good news ought to be preached glad and not mad. Right? So is there a truth that there is a hell to shun? Yes, there is. But when you take and you marry that with grace unmerited favor. What we find the Apostle Paul did and what he said Jesus would do if he were here is he would beg you, he would plead with you to be reconciled to God, to receive the love he offers you and be reconciled to God. How I many of that's good news? That's good news. Now, some people think that what grace is, is grace is just you can do whatever you want and it doesn't matter. But that's false grace. That's not Bible grace. In Titus 2, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, 
well, excuse me. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, all men. It teaches us to say no. What does grace do? It teaches us to say no to worldly passions, to ungodly worldly passions, and to live a self-controlled, upright life in this present age. Now, the translation says this present evil age. You know, they brought a woman caught in adultery to Jesus, the Pharisees, and, and they said, the law of Moses says to stone this woman. What do you say? And it's interesting, Jesus didn't answer immediately, and he, he stooped down on the ground. And the Bible says that he began to write in the ground. And as he did, he made this statement. He said, whoever is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible doesn't say what he wrote, but it does say this. It says that they left chronologically from the oldest to the youngest. They left right in, in line, right in order. And I think that what Jesus wrote was I think he put addresses and dates, <laughs> emails. I mean, he was, he was getting down there because it, the Bible says that their consciences convicted them. Right? Jesus is probably writing it down. And then Jesus got up. Listen, that's what he said. He said, neither. He said, where are all your accusers? And she says, there are none. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now listen, go and sin no more. That was grace married to truth. Right? And that's what the church needs to be. We need to be grace married to truth. Right? We're not mad at anybody. We love everybody. And our heart is we will plead with anyone to be reconciled to God. In fact, the only people that you find Jesus rebuking were religious people who were proud of their good works and their self-righteousness. Those are the people that Jesus rebuked. When we were 22 years old, I was 22, Jeannie was 20. We uh, went to Mexico, and uh, we were just there a few months, and we started a church, and, and whatever was done at the church, I was the doer of it. I cleaned the bathrooms, I swept the floors, I opened the doors, I closed the doors, I cut the grass, I did it all. So I remember it was May, so uh, I, I'm, I'm 23, and I'm, out, I'm outside, and uh, you, you have flower beds, and we had some flowers, but we mostly had bananas. So I was weeding the banana beds. You never heard of a banana? You heard of banana bread, but this was banana bed, okay? Because like a flower bed, but it was bananas, all right? And I'm weeding, and uh, I'm cutting the grass, all right? But it was a push mower, all right? And it's May, and rainy season is about to start, but it hasn't rained yet. It's 90-some degrees. I'm out there cutting, and I'm out there weeding, and I, I take off my shirt, and I've got grass and dirt all over the place, and, and uh, right in front of the church is a sidewalk, and this couple walks by, and they see the sign above the, the building, and it says, Maranatha, which simply means, Lord Jesus, come quickly, right? And they see that, and they see me, and, and the guy says to me, he says, uh, is, is this a religious place? Is this a Christian place? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, we really love the Lord here. And, and he said to me, he said, 
we're holy. We're holy. And I said to him, we're holy too. Now, I'm thinking of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. It says, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So I'm thinking, in him, we're holy, we're righteous. So I said, we are too. And he said to me, no. And, and, and then he began to elaborate. And uh, I, I began to, no for, you know, he began to say it, and I began noticing. First thing I noticed was uh, he had on black shoes and black pants, white shirt, and a black like blazer like this. But it's 90-some degrees. And his wife, I don't know what color her shoes were because her thing went all the way down to the ground, and it was black. And then she had on a, a black blazer, and she had, well, she, she had her hair, and her hair was twirled like this, and it just went forever, <laughs> kind of like infinity, all right? And I'm, um, and, uh, I, I, I am not saying this to be mean, all right? But uh, how do I say this without being mean? Uh, look, look. I mean, in fact, well, he starts telling me. Look what he says. He says, he says, he says, we only wear gray and black and white. And he says, and our women never cut their long hair. And he says, and our women do not use jewelry, and they do not use makeup. Pause. Hit pause, okay? She could use help. That's all I could say. She just could use some help. I think she could have been a really, you know, a, a nice-looking lady. But can I just say it like this? If the barn needs painting, paint it. You know, just paint it. She could have looked, I'm saying she could have been very nice to look, but she just needed help. Okay. Not everybody needs help, but she just, she just needed help. And then he went on and, and he says, and we don't drink coffee and we don't drink soft drinks and we don't go to movies and we don't smoke and we don't this and we don't that and we don't this and we don't that. And then he said to me, he said, and we're holy and you're not. And they left. That was a great day. Uh, Isaiah 65, listen to this. They say to you, keep to yourself. Don't come near me, because I am holier than you. These are smoke in my nostrils, God says, and a fire that burns all day long. You know what God said? He said, your best works, without me, they're like filthy rags. Your best works. Monday night, I was, I was uh, preaching downtown at Mel Trotter. Now, at Mel Trotter, they, they, uh, they have a program where they're helping people get off the streets. And in any given night, if you don't have a place to stay, you can go to Mel Trotter, and they give you a meal, and they supply a bed, but they make you listen to me preach. So, <laughs> so, so, so I want to tell you what, 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 what seriously, what I think when I go there. I think, if it was not for the grace of God, there I go. There I go if it was not for God's grace. 
And because of that, we know how much God has forgiven us for. And because of that, we can look at anybody and we can say, God loves them as much as he loves me. And what God did for me, God wants to do for them. And we should never have a condemning bone in our body. Because except for the grace of God, there goes each and every one of us. So if you've been watching the program today, but inside you're like, you know, I'm not where I should be with God. I need forgiveness. I need to get right with God. I'm away from the Lord. I, would, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. But also, if you're watching, but you don't know where you stand with God. If I'd say, are you a Christian? You'd say, well, I'm trying to be. I hope I am. But the Bible says, know that you have everlasting life. You're supposed to know that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. And if you don't know that for sure, you're not where you should be with God. And I want to invite you also to pray. Right? You're away from God. You don't know where you stand with God. I want you to pray this prayer with me from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your family, a part of your kingdom, on my way to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer. And you are forgiven and right with God. You need, this is the first step into the kingdom of God. Now, you need to keep growing spiritually. So I wrote a small book to help you keep growing spiritually, full of bullet points to help you in your walk with God. Now, we want to give it to you free of charge. You can download an electronic copy, or if you'll contact us, we will send you a hard copy. All the information is right there on your screen. And I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you. God bless. And have a great day. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there. Either way, it's absolutely free. You can find today's message available for free on our app where you can watch it right there or download it and save it for later. You can also follow along with Pastor's scriptures and share images on your social media. Or you can find today's program and others at walkingbyfaith.tv. Just click on Watch Latest Program. And as always, you can purchase a copy in the WBF store. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to help change the lives of others through Walking by Faith, please visit walkingbyfaith.tv give for information on becoming a partner with us. If you need someone to pray with you or God is just doing amazing things in your life, we want to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, through our app, or on Facebook or Instagram. Next week, we'll bring you a special Mother's Day message. Until then, have a fabulous week.